There's a formula to it. A very simple formula. Everybody's a suspect. My name is Amanda. And I'm Kristen. And, and we, we are, are the, the Extra, Extra Sisters. Sisters. So sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to episode 13. Lucky number 13. In this episode, we will be discussing the Wes Craven film, yeah. 1996 our, uh, Scream. This is our April Fool's episode, and I don't know why, but it just seems to fit so well with Scream. Fit Scream so well? Yeah. <laughs> I have actually haven't seen Scream as many times as you would think I've watched Scream. Mm-hmm. It's not in my normal rotation. Like when I watch, like we have a schedule for October, it usually doesn't make it into my rotation. Not because I don't enjoy it, it just I like other things more. There's other things that you want to watch more. Yeah. Even though it was, in my opinion, 90s horror was so hit and miss, Mm -hmm. you know, and it was one of the good ones that came out of, and Wes Craven did it, so. Yeah, Craven didn't want to do any more horror movies, but he had so many people telling him that The Hills Have Eyes was his best movie ever, so he was like, fine, I'll do something creepy again. Yeah. And it worked. Yeah. It's a classic. I mean, Ghostface is iconic. Which actually isn't the name of the mask. It's actually Father Death. Yeah. But we just know it as Ghostface now. It's never stated anywhere. Because I think uh, Tatum, well, Tatum says Mr. Ghostface or something when she... I, I just mean it wasn't credited that yeah, way. Yeah, 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 <clears> yeah. So just that one thing of her being like, okay, Mr. Mm-hmm. Ghostface, like, it, it made it Ghostface. <laughs> yeah. So this movie starts with, if you haven't seen Scream, you would think that this is the main character because a lot of like the culture of Scream centers around Drew Barrymore's character. Which actually wasn't Wes Craven's idea. It was actually Drew Barrymore's idea. She was, she actually had the role of Sydney. She was actually given that role and she was like, nah, I want to do this opening one that's going to get killed because I think it'll be a great bait and switch for horror fans Mm -hmm. when they think that I'm the big name and I'm going to live and then I don't. That's her idea. That's great because the actress that actually played Sydney, she wasn't really, I mean, Drew, obviously she wasn't like Drew Barrymore status, you know. I loved it. I think Drew Barrymore did such a good job on this. So Mm -hmm. she gets that famous phone call. And this is kind of like, you want to play a game before Saw's, you want to play a game, you know? And she gets this phone call and she's like, oh, you got the wrong number. And she hangs up and he calls back and he's, it starts out as like a flirtatious thing, you know? He's like, no, I want to get to know you. And she keeps kind of hanging up on him because she's like, yeah, you can call a 900 number, Uh, you know? And she says, I don't have a boyfriend because she's obviously kind of like enjoying the Mm -hmm. banter. And she goes to hang up on him. And this is when it turns. He's like, don't you hang up on me. Or mm-hmm. like, if you hang up on me, I'm going to kill you or something like that. Like, it turns. And she's like, um, okay. Click. <laughs> yeah. And, but she's Click, like. call the cops. Yeah. Easy. She's like <laughs> making popcorn. And he's like, what is that sound? She's like, I'm going to watch a horror movie. And he's like, what's your favorite horror movie? And I think she says Halloween is mm-hmm. her favorite horror movie. And he starts asking her questions about horror movies and Meh, meh, meh. And he's asked her her name, but she hasn't said it. And at this point, he says, you never told me your name. And instead of, I want to know who I'm talking to, he says, I want to know who I'm looking at. If somebody said that to me, I'd be like, I don't even care if you're fucking around. I'm out. I'm done. Hang up. Call the cops. Yeah. There's so many times she should have done that. Yeah. And she even says it so later. She gets really freaked out. She's like, I'm going to call the cops. And he's like, they'll never make it. We're in the middle of nowhere. And I'm like, are you 
Like, I mean, it looks like it when they go outside, but if she had done it in the beginning when she was starting to get creeped out, some dude yeah. was stalking on her. Yeah. I love the era of landlines. <laughs> A simpler but more complex time at the same time. Like you... They said that uh, the use of caller ID after this movie increased more than threefold. I'm sure they were That's like, great. not me. I'm going to see who's exactly. calling me. <laughs> they hadn't heard of Star 69 yet at this exactly. point. <laughs> and she keeps hanging up on him. And of course, he's getting all pissed off. And she gets scared and runs through the house looking through the door. And she's like, what do you want? And he goes, to see what your insides look like. Why are so many of her doors fucking unlocked? That's what I was about to say. I was like, she's running through the house. And she's like, gotta lock this door. Gotta lock this door. Anytime I'm home, even if Brad's home, our doors are always locked. Like, and mostly because I can't remember if this is even true or not. You'll probably know. The story of the serial killer that, like, he would go around and, like, see if doors were locked. And if it was unlocked, he just took that as an invitation. That's BTK. That oh, that's real. BTK. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. For sure. Doors happened. are always locked. Lots of people that he wasn't even stalking. He just couldn't manage to get the ones he was stalking. And he would come to the door. And if it was unlocked, he'd go kill these fucking people. Hey, I took it as an invitation. Like, yeah. okay, if you're not going to lock your door, I'm just going to come in. Lock your you fucking door. You made it easy. Yeah. And sometimes when Brad leaves for work, if I'm still, like, in bed or something and he doesn't lock the door, I text him. I'm like, lock the fucking door when you leave. Yes. <laughs> I'm still in bed. Like, why do, no offense, why do guys do that? They don't think, they don't have to think about some of that stuff that we do. Exactly. They don't have yeah. to think of the fact that someone could just come in and rape us. Like, yeah. okay. Murder. Yeah. I mean, that... anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Tirade. <laughs> and she's like, again, what do you want to see what your insides look like? And he makes fun of her for being a horror movie cliche. Like, you know. As he should. Yeah. She left all her freaking yeah. shit unlocked. The whole theme of this movie is horror movies. Yes. You know, which, which is awesome. It's amazing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she's like, oh, you're going to go run up the stairs. They always run up the stairs where yeah. they shouldn't. Or like, like all the, yeah, he's just like making fun of all these things. I do love that she goes in and grabs the knife, though. That Smart. I wrote that down, too. Yeah. Finally, somebody goes and gets a weapon. He tells her to turn on the patio light. And she sees her boyfriend, Steve, all tied up, basically. And this is where he's like, I want to play a game. We're going to play movie trivia. And if you get it right, Steve will live. And if you get it wrong, he'll die. And he gives her like a test. And he's like, what's the killer's name in Halloween? And she had already said says she Michael liked. Myers. Yep. So this one, he says, who's the killer in Friday the 13th? So smart and so tricky. This would get almost yes. everyone. If it you're not, me. if you're not a dedicated yeah. and also you're in, it's not even that she's stupid because she said she's seen it a million times. Yeah. It's just like, you, you can't think because somebody's, you literally see. Yeah someone you love tied up or even the fact that the mask the hockey mask and jason Voorhees has become so synonymous with all of friday the 13th and by the 90s there have been more than one yeah. with jason as the killer so you see you think of friday the 13th you think of jason Voorhees' hockey right. mask. which she, is she just blurts it out she didn't even yeah. think about it and he's like she's yeah yes yeah. jason jason he's like wrong it was mrs Voorhees. yep jason doesn't actually kill and the and first one even me it wasn't this time but even when i'm first watching scream i'm like yeah it's jason she's right and then he says it i'm like oh shit yeah it wasn't jason that's a good point tricky because mm -hmm. even when i rewatched it just this past october i was like i fucking forgot jason's not even in this like the the first original from the from 1980 yeah. he's not in it other than his mom talking about him in that little and scene the at the end yeah at the end. so uh you know steve gets murked 
And it was so quick, too. It was like he knew she was going to get it wrong. So by the time she gets to the patio, his insides are just like out yeah. of his body. So he's probably like just hiding around the corner waiting and then just. Oh, yeah. Get Slits him. him open. And the next question, he says her life depends on it. And he says, which door am I at? First of all, that's not fair. Give me another movie question. Second of all, she says, I, I'm not doing this anymore. And he's like, okay, there's your pick. Can you not assume that he's at the fucking patio door? He just yeah. killed that dude. Just killed him. I would guess. And I'd be like, you're at the patio door. Because he throws a fucking chair through the patio door, which is glass, which I will never have a glass fucking patio I door. I know, right? <laughs> Either everything is unlocked or it's all glass windows and patio doors for like this lady. Like in uh, One Missed Call, I think it was, mm-hmm. and the 2007 remake, a whole totally glass house. Like, beautiful. Yeah. But also. When a Stranger Calls? When a Stranger Calls. Okay. That one. One Missed Call. I was going to say, I haven't seen One Missed movie. Call, so I don't know. Yeah, you're right. When a Stranger Calls. And she's like almost almost smart enough she sees a car coming down which is her parents and she's like running to them but she stops she's got the phone in her hand watching the killer she's so smart watching him hang up the fucking phone on him call the fucking cops yeah because she gets out of her house and he's still inside looking for her she's watching him she can see him and hide from him at this point call the fucking cops and even before this though also she ducks below the windows and then she like looks up to see if he's there and he's looking out the window to of see to, to look for her. It's a horror movie. Of course he's right there. Right. And so of course he bails out the window and is coming for her and she's running away and she's going towards the car and she just kind of stops for a minute because she sees that it's kind of passing but it's her fucking parents they're going to that house like she stops running and if she had kept running she may have been able to keep up momentum enough to get to the car. Yeah. But she just kind of stops and then he I mean, takes her out. Either way, her parents are idiots. Like, she comes around the corner. You're out in the middle of fucking nowhere. Mm-hmm. First of all, your senses should be more hyped to the fact that no one's around you. Mm-hmm. Her parents are walking up the steps. She comes around the side. You don't see that out of your peripheral vision? You don't see someone fucking standing there? You're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you will have no situational <laughs> awareness. <laughs> Drew Barrymore to keep her so freaked out this whole time Wes Craven actually found out that she was such a huge animal lover that he would tell her animal cruel real true animal cruelty stories to make her burst into tears like that and keep her freaked out that whole time Jesus yeah that would fuck with me yeah I see things on the internet sometimes where like I've seen I'm not going to talk about it but I've seen this one particular video it was years ago and I still vividly remember it because I opened it not thinking I thought it would just be the story but it was the video and it was such a short video that i didn't have time to click away before it was over yeah and you just saw it right right and it was a dog video and you you know yeah and it has burned into my brain permanently so for someone to just constantly like berate you with like things that really deeply affect you yeah i mean no wonder she looked genuinely absolutely shaken and during this scene also at one point someone had forgotten to unplug the phone so when Barrymore is actually dying, dying 911, there was a poor phone operator that actually heard her, 911 operator that heard her screaming for her life, that oh, thought this was real. Oh my god. Yes. I can't imagine they had to have paid a fine for that. They had to win. Oh, well, I'm sure. <laughs> or like, maybe there's like a little credit in there for that exactly. 911 operator. Hey, thanks. Yeah. Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'd quit my job. I'd make them pay me enough to where I could quit my job. Right? <laughs> And her parents walk in, and clearly a chair's been thrown through the patio door. Her popcorn caught on fire. There's smoke everywhere. A window's busted out. Like, all this shit has happened. 
And so they start freaking out and yelling for her. You know, where's mm-hmm. Casey? Where's Casey? And the mom goes to call 911 and then hears her daughter dying because yeah. she's on the other line still. And then... Which is cool because her dad actually says... I never caught this until this viewing. I was super happy about it. There are so many little points about Halloween in this. And mm-hmm. one of the really nifty ones that I just caught was her dad says to his wife, okay, drive to the McKenzie's house and call the cops. Which, in Halloween, when she's telling the little kids, when Michael has already attacked a couple times, she tells the kids to run down the street to the McKenzie's house and call the cops. Oh, that's cool. Halloween is a persistent theme throughout the beginning to the very end of this movie. What was that, his favorite horror film or something? I don't know, (laughs) but uh, Rose McGowan even commented that this was a Wes Carpenter film. Wes Craven and Carpenter coming together. Yeah. Her poor parents, like, her mom is already screaming and freaking out about her baby. She's like, not my daughter, not my daughter. Walks out the door, sees her daughter hanging from a tree with her just entrails just out of her. This is the first slasher film we're doing together because we've done them separately. Mm-hmm. This oh, is yeah. my favorite kill. My favorite. I know it's really? horrible and gruesome, but her hey. hanging from the tree with their entrails Innards. hanging out, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, it's a good one. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. I think... My favorite was in, honestly, was in Prodigy when the kid took the knife and slit open. Oh, I didn't mean favorite of all time. I meant this movie. But yeah, that was good. Oh, that was your favorite in this movie? Yeah. I thought you just meant out of the... Oh, I don't know. I don't think I could ever come across my favorite of any horror movie. Oh, that one so from many Prodigy is just my favorite so Like far. Halloween when he stabs the knife into him and just... Hangs him there. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> so after that, it just cuts to our main character, Sydney. Uh, she's just on her computer at night and her boyfriend Billy there are so many boys named Billy in like 80s to 90s era mm-hmm. horror but he sneaks in her window and we learn that her dad will be gone all weekend because she's like my dad's gonna kick your ass if he finds you in here and he kind of comes in because he scared her and she screamed and so he comes in and he's like are you okay Da-da-da. and you hear that he's gonna be gone all weekend mm-hmm. so that's set up for no parent it was so hard to watch this movie for me without thinking of Scary Movie the whole time. <laughs> the See, whole time. I don't... I... And this is going to sound like prudish or stuck up or whatever. I hate that kind of comedy. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen a scary... One of the scary movies all the way through. Because even when I was watching Signs, Brad came in at one of the scenes and he said, the top half or the bottom half? And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? That is awful. And he's like, it's scary movie. And I was like, mm, can't can't relate. Didn't Literally see it. Literally the whole time I'm watching Scream, <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's doofus. Oh, that's <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. I just, I don't oh, think. Oh, this is where he beats the shit out of her in front of the fountain. Yeah. I don't think I've ever actually seen like one all the way through. The only one I remember is the ring scene with her beating the shit out of her in the living room after she came out of the TV. Oh, so, no, you only watch the first two. One and two are the best. Everything else is shit. Which one is War of the Worlds in? Four, right? I have no idea. I've seen all of them, but literally they're I've so bad. I've seen part of that remember. one because I it was on TV. I watch one and two I... over and over again, and then I'm done. Oh, okay. Which one is The Exorcist in? Because I never want to watch them. No! <laughs> <laughs> I can't even do a likeness of Regan, even if it's a bad one. <laughs> I will never do that. <laughs> so, Billy kind of mentions to Sydney that their relationship started off so hot and heavy but it's kind of trailed off and she hasn't really wanted to be like intimate with him at all and he was turned on first of all by watching the exorcist which yeah because he was talking about i can relate to <laughs> no 
<laughs> no. I mean, because you hadn't actually seen The Exorcist all the way through. I have not. It's super until... boring. Until now when we've reviewed it. But uh, it's, it's boring and I get distracted. So I can understand. <laughs> what do you get distracted by? <laughs> What? I don't know what you're asking. Oh, it wasn't one of those movies as teenagers you put on to make out and stuff, too? Mine was 13 Ghosts. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I've ever actually seen that movie all the way through. And even though he came over to try to start some booty, he didn't get no booty, but he did get flashed. So, And she's like, well, we can make it PG-13 and flashes her boobs. And I'm like, what PG-13 movie? I'm pretty sure that's a rated R movie if it's got titties in it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> maybe implied boobage like in this one where you see it behind her is PG-13 but not what he got a face see. of <laughs> that's, that's why we're R. not allowed to see yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then it cuts to Woodsboro High School and uh, camera news crews are just everywhere because obviously two high school students just got slaughtered like not just murdered just fucking slaughtered by which Linda Blair is one of the camera oh shit She's really one of the I was so focused on Courtney Cox I didn't even notice yeah. I'm surprised I wasn't triggered as fuck <laughs> Yeah, and I was also writing, so maybe I just missed it, luckily. Mm-hmm. I think I would have texted you, like, you didn't fucking tell me Linda Blair was in this. Had <laughs> no Reagan was making an appearance. And Sydney's friend Tatum, she's kind of, like, a friend, but also kind of a bad friend. Mm-hmm. Like, she's like, yeah, it's the worst murder scene since... And then just kind of looks at her, <laughs> like, uh, oops. Like, and it hasn't said it at this point, but you've seen Scream. I mean, it of her mother's crime scene you know she was murdered and i love the she sits behind me in like english class or something and tatum goes not anymore (laughs) okay that would be me but like (laughs) not the oh it's the worst crime scene since your mom like (laughs) jesus chill yeah so (laughs) billy sydney Stu, randy and tatum now randy is this kind of like guy that's kind of on the outside of this friend group he's kind of the weird horror movie nerd and he works at the video store Stu is the token douchebag and then billy is sydney's boyfriend who's like the hot bad boy kind of vibe Stu is in 13 ghosts if you remember that much i ain't i don't i don't uh, i don't i know he's in scooby-doo but that's that's all i know well, not all I know. I know he's in other stuff, but yeah, he's such a douchebag in this. And Billy's really not, like, outwardly. He's more of, like, the quiet, like, Stu, stop it, like, he you know. He looks like a douche, though. I think he's cute. <laughs> anyway, he's my type. He's very brooding. <laughs> and they're, like, talking about this horrible murder scene, and they're joking about it, and, like, but all of them apparently have alibis. And I love his stupid pun joke of liver alone. I missed that one. Oh my god, they talked about it for like a whole long I missed minute. It. I was writing stuff. I even crossed stuff out here because I missed something. <laughs> I got I missed the liver joke. Yeah, it was so lame but funny. And Sydney's gonna be alone this weekend. And we've already established that, and she's scared to be alone. I mean, it's been you find out less than a year by like a week mm-hmm. or something that her mother was killed, and so Tatum her friend is going to come stay with her for the weekend, which is great. But Tatum promised she would be over by seven o'clock. And then 
Sydney falls asleep and wakes up and it's 7.15 and Tatum's calling like, oh, I'm sorry, I got behind and I'm going to go get us a movie and just I'm going to lollygag around and mm-hmm. I know you're scared, but I don't really care. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to go get a Tom Cruise movie. And she's like, okay, well, can you just hurry? Like, if something tragic had happened to you and you were like, I'm scared to be alone, I'd be like, I'll be there in 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't exactly. like, like that's, she's just not, she's like an okay friend but she's like one of those surface friends even though she's her best friend in this movie she doesn't do like best friend things really everybody definitely acts like sydney should have long been over the fact that her mother was brutally killed in her house yeah and that gets worse later Mm -hmm. and that's why it was really difficult for me to connect with some of these characters Mm -hmm. personally like i'm rooting for sydney because something awful has happened to her but everyone else i'm like kill them Mm -hmm. fuck them all up i don't give a shit about any of these people exactly and then, of course, while Sydney's alone, she gets a phone call, and it's that same voice that called Casey, and someone's taunting her with, like, murders and horror movies, and she said she doesn't watch horror movies because it's always a bimbo with big boobs, and they always end up running up the stairs when they shouldn't be going up the stairs, and she kind of laughs it off. They should be going out the front door. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> he tells her that he's at the front porch, and she goes out to check. She opens the door... And she stands on the porch and she's walking around and she leaves the front door wide open and walks away from it. Yeah. Idiot. I was just about to say that same (laughs) word. Like, you're making fun of all these bitches and all these horror movies. And I don't say bitches. That's like her. She didn't say it, but that's like what she's saying, basically. And then she just leaves the front door open for someone to just like slink in. Like, what? Why are you doing that? And then she's pissed off that these women should be running out the front door and they run upstairs and she literally has to do that. Because she doesn't run away. She locks herself inside and can't get the chain undone. So instead of being able to run out the front door, she has to run up the stairs. Yep. Because he wasn't, he got into the closet and he popped out at her as soon as she came back inside. Like she really gets so lucky during like whenever she encounters this killer because she's kind of just slinking by like she's lucky. This killer is kind of clumsy, honestly. Yeah. She's lucky she doesn't get stabbed because she very well could have. Absolutely. So she runs upstairs and then I love how she, so this is the stuff that I'm talking about. So she lock, she shuts the door with the closet so he can't get in and then she runs to her computer and in scary movie, <laughs> she types in white woman in danger and then the cops come running <laughs> and that's all I think of with this scene and yeah. that's not what happens in Scream, but that's right. all I think of. Because she, he's unplugged her phone and yeah. so she can't call 911, but she's got the computer and apparently yeah. you can just like email dispatch or whatever yeah. and they're like, she's like, someone helps, someone's in the house, so the cops are coming and then the killer walks away and then Billy's just coming in her window, yeah. you know, and he's like, hey, Sid. And drops stuff. Yeah. Like, the, the fuck? A fucking cell phone falls out of his pocket. And at, in the 90s, it was not everybody had a cell phone. Because yeah. first of all, they don't really fit in pockets. They're massive. They're brick sized. Absolutely. And so she's like, holy shit, it was Billy. And so the cops get there and arrest him. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, it was him. Mm-hmm. She fully believes that at this point. And at the police station, they're trying to get a hold of her dad. And her dad made a point to tell her where he was going. Because obviously he's had a wife murdered. So he's going to be really sketchy about leaving his daughter. But you have to sometimes for business and things. And also he knows that she's going to be really scared and should know where she is at all times. Exactly. But the cops can't get a hold of him. Yeah. So. And they never checked into the hotel that he he said he was going to be at. Yeah. 
And they have to hold Billy until they can get the cell phone records. So they Mm -hmm. have to, like, pull from the phone company to see if he called anybody from his cell phone. And outside the police station, there's this reporter that Sydney runs into. And we saw her at the high school as well. But you know that she has some history about covering her mom's case. Mm -hmm. Because Sydney asks her, oh, how's that book coming? And she says, great, I'll send you a copy. And Sydney just fucking, yeah. So good. Punches her in the face. And the actress is courtney cox but in this her name is gail weathers and just straight up punches her in the face because she's basically a tabloid reporter and gonna write a book about this case she covered exploiting her mother's i think was it rape and murder it was rape and torture murder Mm, yeah this fucking best friend sydney goes to stay with tatum's family and they're in this room which first of all tatum just has two beds Mm-hmm. that are matching random yeah like why they have a Does bed for each a of them that sleep on the couch or something yeah That's so weird and this fucking friend you your friend just almost got murdered by what we think is her boyfriend we don't know that but you know at this point all the characters think it was him yeah. and she goes well he had to have a flaw <laughs> being a murderer is a fucking flaw <laughs> in a relationship almost a serial killer at this point if he had killed her right. he had just killed the lady the night before yeah and Steve, Casey and Steve, and was trying to kill Sydney. It's just a, that's just, a tiny flaw. He had to have a flaw. Like, <laughs> what can you ask for? Nobody's perfect. Like, <laughs> yeah, some people are afraid of commitment, and yours just happens to want to, like, cut your guts out. Like, it's fine. <laughs> God, I hate her. Like, so, she's, I just don't. Anyways, I literally look at on my, like, what? <laughs> and, Somebody calls the friend's house and they're asking for Sydney and he it's the killer and he says, You'll find out who I am soon enough. And says, You fingered the wrong guy again mm-hmm. and then basically hangs up on her. And so then she's like, Well, it can't be Billy. He's he's, he's in jail. He's not gonna call from jail. They really need some caller ID. <laughs> I can see why caller ID spiked. And the reporter she runs into again when she goes back to school the next day because she basically goes up to her to kind of like not make peace but is like hey Mm -hmm. sorry for punching in the face (laughs) she says sorry for like disfiguring your face or something and the reporter thinks that the guy named cotton that she pinned the or not she didn't pin it frame him but sydney called him out in the lineup and Mm -hmm. was like convinced it was him this reporter gail weathers thinks that that guy's innocent and then the killer just said you framed the wrong guy or you fingered the wrong guy again so now sydney's like this is the dude that killed my mom and mm-hmm. I it, it's the wrong person. So then Sydney's questioning like, oh, this killer is still on the loose. And then Gail is also like, she thinks the killer is still on the loose. So this is a story. We got to follow this. Mm-hmm. And she's just in it. She tells her cameraman, Kenny, man, if I get this, I could save someone's life, which will make my book sell like crazy. <laughs> like Kenny gets this like notion that maybe she's like not just a money hungry person and then he she says that and he's like yep okay she's just a bitch <laughs> so somebody and they're they're in the hallway and somebody runs through the the hallway dressed up as the killer and it upsets her and she starts sydney starts running and then she just runs into billy mm-hmm. and of course obviously he's out of jail because he's at school and they let him go because they couldn't trace the phone calls to him and he says i have a girlfriend that would rather call me a psychopath than touch me well yeah maybe because she's traumatized and doesn't want to touch you Mm -hmm. if you don't like it move on with your life dump her like 
that's still a shady thing to do but at least be like sex is important to me and you don't want to give it to me so i think we should like you yeah. should work some stuff out or whatever if you're not going to be supportive then just don't be there <sighs> and he basically says that he tells her he tells her to get over it because it's almost been a year and he wants his girlfriend back dump throw the whole man out yeah like get a new one because this piece of shit if anybody like my father was not like brutally murdered he died of cancer so like i knew it was coming at some point even though it was a very short time from when he was diagnosed to killed and i still it's been like it'll be it's been eight years and if anybody told me like wow it's been eight years and you're still not over it no i will never absolutely be over it ever in my entire fucking life will i be over it do i deal with it better than i did when i was 18 years old obviously i'm 26 but like fuck you fuck that you deserve somebody that is going to be sympathetic Mm -hmm. and this just gets worse later but oh that made me everyone in this This movie is a piece of shit yeah keeps telling her to get over it basically she goes into the bathroom because she's upset and she hears two girls saying that she's an attention seeker and they call her mother a whore or and then then they come to well maybe she's the killer because her mom's death messed her up obviously it messed her up like i get that they were going at the angle of these two like mean girl teen Mm -hmm. or cheerleaders were making fun of her man the death of her mom just really messed her up even if a parent dies and they're sick for years and they die it'll mess somebody up but she saw her brutally yeah murdered in front of like what yeah in woof these people are, I know that they did that on purpose, but ooh, I hate it. And of course she, they're like, well, maybe she just snapped and went homicidal. That is what would make me snap. Like, okay, you think I'm a crazy bitch? I'm going to show you a crazy right? bitch. Exactly. If, it, if everybody thinks I'm going to do it anyways, fine. Yeah. Fine. That wouldn't, that would be what made me go homicidal. Uh, but then of course those girls leave and she hears someone in the bathroom and the killer's in one of the stalls and she drops down on her stomach to look and like lays down on the floor what are you gonna do first of all laying down like that if he pops out of one of the stalls and also gross also gross but you're laying on that ground yeah (laughs) you're on because i I get it she's looking for feet but like you can kind of back up and look like and also even if i didn't see anything i mean okay he's just crouching on the toilet like i'm gonna run exactly especially if you know somebody's hunting you and obviously it wasn't billy so the killer is still out there get the fuck out Mm -hmm. no she's gonna lay down which she gets up and then the killer busts out but like and she gets away and she's like no i'm positive it was the killer all this stuff and then it cuts to outside the school and this deputy dewey is his name is also tatum's older brother is kind of responsible for sydney and is following her around mm-hmm. and gail weathers knows he's young he's 25 and gail weathers just starts flirting with him basically to yeah. like get the inside scoop which, which totally works <laughs> he's not very transparent no. or like he's completely transparent with her yeah. like Ooh, a pretty successful woman is paying attention to me. I'm gonna tell her everything. <laughs> like, Courtney Cox and David Arquette actually fell in love on this set and got married. I didn't what? realize that. I thought that they knew each other beforehand because mm-hmm. he had actually done an episode in Friends. Mm-hmm. No, this is where they met and fall, fell in love. Really? Oh, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. gross. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, because they haven't caught the killer, school gets canceled and they get a curfew. And so these kids are like, "Yeah, school's canceled." Mm-hmm. For-. And I'm like canceled because somebody's gonna fucking kill you exactly like if it was me i think that i would either of course our parents probably wouldn't let us but like get with a group of people and Mm -hmm. like just 
lock all the doors and like stay in numbers Mm -hmm. you know and Stu keeps like harassing Sydney about like thanks so much you did us all a favor for almost getting killed and da 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 and as your friend if my boyfriend or fiance or husband or anyone was that rude and Mm -hmm. like just totally like inhuman to your feelings that wouldn't be happening yeah she's like oh Stu leave her alone no (laughs) Yeah, because these aren't real people. These are characters. I know, but they're bad characters. <laughs> like, the writing's not bad. It's just, like, it's the most basic, shallow, vapid characters that can't exist mm-hmm. exist in this movie. Caricatures. Right. I hate them. And they pressure Sydney to going to this party. Maybe just, like, be there for her. Oof, I'm sorry. I'm just, this whole movie, I'm going to be like, why are you so awful to Sydney? <laughs> but they... Uh, Stu's having a party, and so they pressure her into going. And Henry Winkler is the principal in this movie. The Fonz! <laughs> and the Fonz. someone uh, knocks on his door multiple times, and he goes looking for them. And he opens a door, and there's a janitor, and he's in the Freddy sweater. sweater. Yeah, that's an interesting little <laughs> callback. But yeah. There's so many horror movie Easter eggs in this. Most yeah. of them are Halloween, but there are so many. Yeah, especially because like, it's a Craven film. There's even a quote at the end that is direct from Psycho and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yes. And uh, then he walks back in his office and he gets stabbed and killed. Which they celebrate later when they find out. They're like, yeah, yeah they principal's go find dead. his body. Yeah. <laughs> so Sydney, there's a scene where Sydney and Tatum are sitting like on a porch and her dad has been missing this whole time mm-hmm. still and she's just like eh like i'm concerned like oh have you found my dad yet no okay let me know her mom's dead her dad's missing somebody's hunting you like i would not be going to a party going to school doing all these things like she's just kind of i don't know if she's just ignoring them because she's like well i can't do anything about it so i mm-hmm. might as well just go be as normal as possible or if she just right. is it's just written for her to just be ignoring these things you know and they're obviously being watched. And her friend even tells her that she kind of believes Gail Weathers was right about Cotton not being the guy. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, Sydney gets really offended. But she also knows that that now might be true. That the wrong guy got sent to prison for her mother's murder. And then we get to cut to our favorite character, Randy, at the, video, the video store. store. <laughs> this is the best scene. Well, okay. Maybe the end when they're watching Halloween. Mm-hmm. I really like this because I was thinking, like, you know, the video store is so packed because mm-hmm. now everyone has a curfew. They're trying to get their movies. Yes. And, like, now that, that video stores aren't a thing anymore. Like, the whole industry is just gone. But I remember on weekends, like, the first thing you do, first of all, you go get place. snacks, yes. and then you go to the Video and Tan Express, and, then, <laughs> and you get your movie for the weekend, and that's what all these yeah. people were doing, and it was so packed, and Randy's talking to Stu, and he's like, wow, I can't believe Billy's standing in the horror section, being a killer and all, or whatever, and Stu's like, oh, you, you think he's a killer? And Randy's like, it's formula. I love it's the that. rules he knows <laughs> listen to him yeah because he's like yeah he's got all these things that lead to killer like by the law of horror he's the killer and especially i mean we find out later he loves all these horror movies way way too much mm-hmm. so of course he's watching them he's mm-hmm. learning how to kill someone get away with it basically and they literally say that they're like you just watch enough movies you can frame somebody he's fucking right yeah listen and to him he's Stu's like, what motive would he have? And he's like, I don't know. Maybe she's not having sex with him, which is dead on. Like, she's not. And so 
it's just funny because then Billy pops up behind him and he's like, oh, hey, Billy. Like, he's scared of him. Yeah. Which he should be. You just don't know that. I mean, mm-hmm. you, if you're smart enough and you've watched enough horror, like, it's not a huge twist. Yeah. But you know that Billy and Stu are the killers, you mm-hmm. know? And so, and it, it kind of paints that picture at the beginning. So. That's the major twist, really, is yeah. the fact that we haven't really had two major killers teaming up together. Right. And we do in this one. Right. So you keep thinking it's Billy and then all of a sudden, wait, no, but she's getting a phone call still. Well, because his friend is helping out. Yeah. And Stu, you know, is the one going after people when Billy needs an alibi and things like that. So they're just constantly like, nobody's looking for two killers. They're looking for one killer. So it's convenient when they're working together because they can just give each other alibis all day, you know. And the whole city is shutting down. Like, all the businesses say closed for curfew, closed for curfew, closed for curfew. I think... If I didn't go home and lock all my doors and windows, I would probably want to be out in public. Because at least if I'm sitting in a coffee shop or Everyone's a bookstore, a restaurant, yeah, there yeah. No, nobody's going to come at you. And granted, you have to go home eventually, yeah. but at least for the time being, you're in public with a bunch of people and a bunch yeah. of witnesses and you're essentially safe, safety in numbers. But everything's closed, so everybody's basically got to go home. So Sydney and Tatum were tasked with getting the food for this party. So they're shopping for food. And Sydney tells Tatum that, you know, Billy's been really patient with me. And I've basically been sexually anorexic. And who would want to be with, with that? I love that term. First of all, if somebody loves you and you're going through something, they'll stick it out. And if sex is the most important thing to them, then, like, they it's not much deeper than that. Yeah. <laughs> so... I get that that's an important aspect of all relationships or all adult relationships. I understand that. But also, you know, if your mother was raped and killed, I could see why you would have an aversion or not want to have anybody touch you. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. You also find out while they're shopping, uh, Deputy Dewey finds out that the cops have traced the calls to Sydney's dad's mobile phone. And then it cuts to the deputy dropping them off at this party. Like why that's what i said (laughs) you're a freaking cop all these kids are just drinking and you're handing over your underage sister and her best friend who's being tracked by a killer (laughs) to a house party and he walks in later and he's like oh you're underage give me that nah i'm just kidding here you go and he gives it back to the kid you are the worst cop ever it is not a popularity contest which by the way david arquette was actually the same age as all these actors at that time the mustache so he's, he's supposed to be <laughs> seven the years mustache, older yeah he's not that must have been kind of fun to play like you know he's actually younger than like four of them nice mm-hmm. <laughs> so after he drops them off, Gail Weathers basically has been following them because if the killer's going to come up, it's going to come yeah. up for Sydney, you know? So she's been following her around and she knows about this party and Dewey brings her to the party because he's like, oh, look at me with this local celebrity. And so he's basically got to parade her to these yeah. young kids around the party. And while she's in there, she leaves a camera that is feeding live to her news van, but it's on like a 30 second ish delay. But she <laughs> leaves it basically around the TV so you can see the entire living room and all the kids there because she wants to hear what's going on and mm-hmm. get, again, the inside scoop before anybody else does. And Stu has asked Tatum, who's his girlfriend, to go to the garage and get a beer. And of course, she goes out there and she gets the door closes. She gets locked in. The lights go out. 
and the killer comes in. Mm-hmm. And she honestly puts up a pretty good fight. She clotheslines him with she the freezer does. door. I'm actually impressed. All yeah. of these women really do try. They yeah. don't just, oh, no, I tripped and fell. They, they fucking fight back. They, yeah, they run. They scream. She, I mean, and again, this killer, like, gets, like, punched and kicked and stopped, like, a lot, you know? Yeah. And she sees this cat but door. But no bruises show up on these dudes. No. They don't get kicked that hard. <laughs> just hard enough to knock them completely off their feet. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Uh, and she throws a beer bottle at him, you know. Mm-hmm. She does some smart things, but she tries to crawl through the cat door that's mm-hmm. on the garage door, the one that goes up and down. Obviously, you're not going to fit. Like, she's small, but she's not cat small. She she's got shoulders and stuff, but she gets through. In yeah. real life, she fit, and they had to actually mm-hmm. nail her shirt to the thing because she kept slipping out when they were pulling it up. Oh, that's funny. Well, she can't get out quick enough. The killer... Yeah makes the garage door go up and, and smushes her which is also yeah. a really good kill that's a good one that was a good one kills are real good mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have to do anything either he just had to hit the button <laughs> <laughs> you see we're back inside and sydney's leaving and some, well, some other people are leaving and she's like oh where's tatum and billy hasn't been here because tatum didn't want billy there mm-hmm. and told Stu that but then billy just shows up and you know says hey we should go upstairs to talk and they go up to Stu's parents room to talk to talk (laughs) and they're like apologizing for you know both of them but she says this fucking shit that i just again i'm just on one i guess about this but she says i'm sorry for being so self-absorbed in this post-traumatic stress she's sorry for having ptsd i'm so glad she she apologized to this dude his penis is more important than her feelings I mean, it's been literally a year to the day at this point yeah. that her mother was murdered, raped, raped tortured, tortured, and murdered. murdered. <laughs> <laughs> like, how did wh- you don't apologize for being traumatized? PTSD takes years and years of professional help that she hasn't gotten, like that you know, it's not part of this story. So, like. Mm, I'm sorry for being traumatized, and I'm sorry about not you get you not getting laid. That must be real hard for you. Fuck. But he wants to have sex, and so what do they do? They gonna have sex. Yeah. She's like, he talks about movies a lot, and he brought it up, and you know, she says, "Well, life's not a movie," and he says, "Yes, it is. It is. You just don't get to pick your genre." And she's like, "Sometimes I wish it could be a porno," and he's like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's like, "You heard me," and then they. Which, the whole time, downstairs, they're watching Halloween. Yeah, And it goes back and forth to scenes, like, he'll be saying, Jamie, turn around, or he's in the closet, or here's the boob scene. And each time he says that, it flips back to Sydney, and it's that scene going on. This scene, starting now in this house, the rest of the movie at this point is so perfectly synced with Halloween. Yes. It's so good. And... It kind of keep like you said, keeps cutting back between their sex scene and everyone downstairs watching Halloween. And Randy mentions only virgins can outsmart the killers. Yes. Only virgins. So he's saying this rule of horror movies about virgins only being able to survive as she's losing her virginity. Was, yeah, which Sydney is just giving up. Yeah. So she's going to have to die. Yep. And he goes through the rules of horror. Number one, you can never have sex. And everyone in the room's like, nah! <laughs> Number two, you cannot drink or do drugs. And again, and everyone's like, ah. <laughs> And number three, never say, I'll be right back. 
because you won't won't be and then Stu's like i'll be right back you know yeah dewey comes to get the reporter gail and tells her that there's a car park down the street and they should walk to it and she goes to drive and she's like he's like no no we should walk and the movie at this point is like giving you like maybe it's the fucking deputy Mm -hmm. you just get this little like oh maybe he's making her walk so we can kill her you know Mm -hmm. so that's maybe something you have to think about now which it is in scary movie Oh, is it? <laughs> they take those obvious yeah. little hints and they run with them, huh? So the kids are still watching Halloween. And this is when they get the phone call that the principal has died. So they're like, let's go to the football field. Let's go <laughs> He's just hanging These out. These are the most heartless kids. I mean, we had a teacher die when I was in high school. And, like, the whole school was just, like, even if we weren't in her class, it was just, like, a really sad thing. Mm-hmm. And they're like fuck yeah (laughs) dead principal (laughs) awesome so while those kids are like speeding off they almost hit the deputy and gail and they like tumble down this hill and it's almost like a cute little kissy scene but then they see this abandoned car who turns out to be neil prescott who is sydney's father and Mm -hmm. they're like oh shit he's at the house he's at the house he's gonna kill Mm -hmm. so then they go running back to the house and after Sydney and Billy are done, Sydney asks Billy, hey, you got a phone call from jail, right? You got to call one person. And he says, he called his dad. And she's like, no, because I saw them call your dad for you. She thinks like, oh, shit, he called me from jail. And that was his ruse was he can't call her if he's in jail, but he did. Mm-hmm. And or it could have been the friend either way but this makes you think that he called her from jail yeah. and he's like what do i have to prove to you that i'm the killer and then the killer Confused. who is Stu, stabs him. walks in and stabs him and he's like sydney and he like you know falls and she's screaming and it's like so sydney locks her she's runs away and she locks herself in the attic the killer basically grabs her as she's going out the window and she falls off the roof and she luckily falls onto like a boat with like a cover on it or something something like kind of soft and she just kind of rolls off and then she runs to the van and the dude forgets they're on a delay. Kenny is the guy in the He's van. So great. And he He's just like, oh, they're saying delay. Yeah. He goes back. He forgets they're on a fucking delay. And so they see the killer come up behind Randy, who's still, he's the only one left. And he's just loving Halloween. He's telling, Jamie, turn Turn around. around. And literally, he's the one who should be turning around. Yep. But the killer gets distracted and doesn't kill Randy. Lucky for Randy. Well, he he, can't because Randy's a virgin. Right. He has to live. Yes, he does. It follows all the rules except for Sydney being killed. But yeah. Which I guess, you know what? I would like just pretend that didn't happen if I had lost my virginity to a psycho killer that yeah, killed fair. my mom. I, I think I would just not count that yeah. personally. <laughs> Kenny gets killed in the van. And then, of course, they... So oh, great. 30 second delay. And then all of a sudden, cut. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Because they, they want to go warn Randy. Because they're like, oh, you're about to get killed. So they go to get him. And they walk out and Kenny's throat gets cut. And somehow Sydney gets away again. Like, she gets cornered. Over and over and over, and she still manages to get away. And then at this point, the deputy has gotten to the house, and he runs into the house, and you hear all this Halloween music, and Jamie Lee's getting hunt down, and while this killer is also hunting them down, it's just a great sync up there. And then fucking Sydney has, like, run away at this point, and she almost gets... Because Gail goes back and finds Kenny's dead body. Mm -hmm. And so she tries to drive away, and then she almost hits Sydney. Sydney has run away, but she comes back to the house. Mm -hmm. 
she sees that Dewey's been stabbed and so she runs to his cop car and locks herself in and the killer like she rolls up the windows and he can't get in but then he like jingles the keys at her yes. so he keeps like going around him like unlocking when he opens the back yeah <laughs> she doesn't even realize she's like where's he coming from yep the fucking back yeah she thought that he like went under the car or something and he gets in the back seat and yeah. she gets away again if he was quicker with his knife he could have just mm-hmm. stabbed her right there or cut her throat or something but nope he has to just jump and ruin everything and she escapes again and then she runs into the house and randy runs into him and Randy runs into Sydney and then Stu's also running up and Sydney grabs the deputy's gun and Stu and Randy are each trying to convince her that the other one is the killer. Mm-hmm. So she just closes the door She's and like, locks them both out. Both. Yep. And then Billy just all of a sudden comes out of the fucking bedroom all bloodied up and tumbles down the stairs and he's like, it's okay. It's okay. Give me the gun. Give me the gun. It's okay. And then he opens the door and he shoots Randy. <laughs> And so at this point, Sydney's like, the fuck? And Billy tells her the blood is corn syrup and like licks it off his mm-hmm. fingers, which. Do you like that scene? <laughs> <laughs> Stu comes in. <laughs> <laughs> and they reveal the little voice box that they've been using. And you, you're finally finding out that it's both of them together. And Billy says they framed Cotton for her mother's death. Like just straight up. They just tell her everything right mm-hmm. here because they've got her in the house. So they're like, this is it we've got her and they corner her in the kitchen and she's like why and billy said he didn't need a motive norman bates didn't have a motive hannibal lecter didn't have a reason for eating people except he says that and then right after he says that he's like your mom was a whore and was sleeping with my dad and that's why my mom left and abandoned me so that is a motive you're not just a hard-ass badass killer that doesn't need a motive you do have a motive like that's not the same as nor like it's just mm-hmm. you're not that much of a badass like you are but like and then they say now she's not a virgin so she has to die it's the rules and they bring her dad out and so he's just been tied up this whole time and they'll say that they've already put plans and motions to frame him because they grabbed his cell phone and the calls are tied to him mm-hmm. and they're just gonna set him up like they did cotton and then they start stabbing each other so it looks like they were just collateral damage yeah and so they're just taking turns like mm, get me like you know and i'm like oh jesus so, like <laughs> god damn but billy gets like real into stabbing mm-hmm. stew and he just fucks him up yeah. he doesn't kill him but but he's dying he's yeah bleeding he's out. bleeding out because he just went way too hard he didn't just like give him a little flesh wound in the side of the stomach he yeah kept going so Stu's has enough strength to get the gun but He's like, shit, shit. And Gail had snuck in and grabbed the gun. But she's, like, so easily thwarted. Like, he realizes that the safety's on and she doesn't know that. So she just kicks her. Mm-hmm. Or he just, Billy just kicks her. And yeah, she passes out on the porch with the deputy. And right before he shoots her, he realizes that Sydney and her dad are both gone. So Sydney took that opportunity. They get distracted. So there's two of you. Right. One of you watch your victim or mm-hmm. your your potential victim, and one of you take care of this. Like I'm not rooting for them, but you got to be smarter than that. Yeah. There, if you're gonna play this team aspect, at least do it right. Right. Keep track of everybody here. Keep eyes on everybody at all times. But I love this little role reversal because then Sydney calls and she's like, mm-hmm. "Game on, bitch!" Like. <laughs> She finds the strength and she's like, oh, you've been fucking with me. I'm going to start fucking with you now. And she starts taunting Billy and Stu is bleeding out. And 
you know, she's like, well, I know Billy's motive. What was your motive, Stu? I've already called the cops, so you might as well. And he's like crying that his mom and dad are going to be so (laughs) mad at him. And it's like mad at you like right? they're gonna disown your ass you're murdering ass Let's and he's hope. like i'm gonna tell him it was peer pressure <laughs> you weak ass little <laughs> mind somebody's like hey you want to rape and murder and you're like yeah i mean i guess if you're gonna do it i might as well <laughs> oh no god he played a good little lackey though mm-hmm. he was, everybody was pretty good in this movie as far as their acting out the characters go and sydney this is pretty awesome. She like he Billy opens the closet and she stabs him with an umbrella. Which is going along with, with Halloween. Halloween. Yes. Because he she pins him up against a wall, mm-hmm. kinda like Michael does to No, I mean like literally the closet scene of Halloween is happening when she's in the closet. Oh right, right. With Jamie Lee. Yeah. Yeah. And then Stu just musters up enough strength to attack her one last time and she fucking drops the T V on his head. Just pushes Which it right away. Electrocutes the shit out of him. <laughs> he real dead. <laughs> and Randy's still alive and he's like, I've never been more happy to be, be a virgin. virgin. <laughs> I love him. And then Billy wakes up, almost stabs her again. And like there's a big struggle, but then Gail has heroically awakened and flipped the safety off and shoots him. And Randy's like, This is the moment the killer comes back to life for one quick scare. And then Randy's like, or uh, Billy's like, ah, and then she just shoots <laughs> him right in the head and she's like, not in my horror movie and i was like but he already did so <laughs> right. yes in your horror <laughs> movie <happen>. so <laughs> but at least you shot him right in the head and then it just ends with gail gets her inside scoop and she's there and she was almost one of the victims and it's kind of panning out and sydney gets her dad back and the deputy's alive and mm-hmm. but it was a fucking bloodbath like yeah. but at least they're dead and then we get scream too this was actually the only franchise that had ever had the same director do the whole series there's four of them? There's three of them. Three of them. And it has it had never happened before, and it has never happened since. Wes Craven did every single one of them. Nice. Yeah. Don't remember two or three, honestly. I've never seen either of the others. Oh, really? Well, but they were all big hits, which is interesting to me. Yeah. Usually sequels, probably because you have a different director, aren't as good. Cult but following films, you know. Two made it on our list of 100 um, movies that mm-hmm. are the best of their decade, and three is not on the list but three was much loved also yeah that's cool i'll have to i'll have to put them on my list to watch at some point i'm sure they'll make it for like in the next few years as we're going through and now we're getting to sequels and Mm -hmm. all that stuff but i'll have to i mean i enjoyed it i like i said i didn't like the only character that i really gave a shit about was sydney and that was probably done on purpose like i wouldn't have really cared if the deputy had died i wouldn't have really cared if gail had died i didn't really care that tatum died like there were just a lot of disposable characters in my opinion but if their goal was to make you just care about sydney then like i felt like i was invested enough in her to care if she was gonna die so yeah so we've said it in the last two episodes this week will be the last week that we are working on our newer type of content that we're gonna kind of play with so if you have a story that you've experienced anything with a ouija board even positive or negative we'd love to hear about it and be able to talk about it in an upcoming episode that we've been working on so you can email that to the sisters at gmail.com you can also find us on facebook and instagram at the sisters podcast and you can find us on twitter at the sisters and next week in the end what you believe is yours to decide Till then, stay creepy.